அலமதுல்லாஹிஃபாஸ்லாத்துவசலாமுஅலாஇபாதிஹில்லதீனஸ்தஃபா Alhamdulillah, with the grace of Allah Ta'ala, after the month of Ramadan, we are commencing again with this little program that takes place once a week. So being the first program after the month of Ramadan, the thing that comes to mind is that to try and think, ponder and do a stock take of ourselves that what was achieved in the month of Ramadan and what are we doing to maintain that and to build on it. We have heard repeatedly in the month of Ramadan that the month of Ramadan is not for confining it to that Mubarak month only, but it is a time of building things within us which can become the foundation for building greater things thereafter. So this was what the month of Ramadan came to help us build the foundation of taqwa and acquire the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala and from there to now continue in that line. So this is the crucial thing for us to now consider, to ponder over that how much have we achieved the objective of Ramadan and between then and now what have we done? How are we moving forward? These are the things we need to grapple with. In the month of Ramadan, the lesson that we learned repeatedly, we heard about repeatedly, was the lesson of taqwa. And taqwa is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. The fear of Allah Ta'ala, the love of Allah Ta'ala, the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, doing things that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with, staying away from everything that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. This is the crux of it. And together with that, developing this relationship with Allah Ta'ala. This is what taqwa is all about. So we have come to a madrasa, the whole purpose and object of the madrasa is also the same. That how our hearts and minds can be attuned towards taqwa. We might have heard these words many times, the word of tarbiyat, of nurturing, of creating the correct values. So all this is actually the crux of taqwa. This nurturing is what? Is to make the mind and the mold of the heart and mind according to that which Nabi Islam has taught. This is the major problem nowadays that the mind and heart is getting molded in a different mold. 
which is far away from the mold that Rasulullah Wasallam gave. The mold which the Quran and the Sunnah has presented, now that's a mold. When you have a mold, then whatever then is put into that mold, it comes out accordingly. All kinds of things are made with molds, plastic dishes and glass and all these things, utensils, in fact, all these bakings and so on, people do a lot of, it is with mold. With the mold, they put that, whatever ingredients are in that mold, then it comes out according to that shape, according to whatever that design may be. So that is the mold. Now, Nabi Wasallam presented a mold. The Quran Sharif gave that mold which Nabi Wasallam then presented via his practical life and his teachings. Now the question is that do we have that mold or we have another mold? The mold that Nabi Islam presented to us, there is a specific mindset in that mold. And the mold that is presently out in the world, by and large, is the mold of Westernism, of the Western lifestyle of materialism, where everything is decided by material value. Things, wealth, and possessions of the world, and the fashions and designs of the world. Now that's a mold. Now sometimes, that is the mold in our hearts and minds. What mold? The mold of Western lifestyle. Their fashions, their design, their way of life, their uh, style, the things must be all free, all intermingling, and uh, no parda, and the mindset that must be that how we can get more and more of the world, and the possessions of the world, and together with that western education, and every every girl also must get educated in the worldly sciences, and that becomes the main focus, that without this, how she's going to live her life. Now, all these kind of things. Now, there's a mold. So, that is the Western mold. And then this Western mold goes beyond that also. Besides all this behayai and the lack of modesty and the lack of shame and the focus on fashion and the focus on material wealth and all these kind of things, Together with that, there are other issues also. Like, for example, the aspect of, there must be this uh, equality between men and women. It's worth shoulder to shoulder, as they say. And otherwise, that mold and that mindset, if a woman is not now being, uh, not working in the workplace, is not getting Western education, high school and beyond that, then this is a great injustice to her. Why? Because she is not now being allowed to be equal to men. Now where did this mindset come from? This is a western mindset. In terms of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala, everybody has an equal opportunity. Men, women, anybody and everybody has an equal opportunity to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. Whoever adopts greater taqwa, and pleases Allah Ta'ala more, they'll get even further. But in terms of the system of this world, 
like any factory, there's one manager. There isn't two managers. There's one direct, one MD, managing director. There's two MDs, doesn't work. Any school, there's one principal. Any ship, there's one captain. There might be some assistant uh, captain and whatever. Uh, one, any plane, there's one pilot. There might be a co-pilot on a secondary level, but there's one captain of that plane. So everywhere the system works. And these are all small things. These are all small things, but it cannot work where there are two people in charge. Final say. Both people have the final say. It doesn't work anyway in all these small, small things. The final say, both people have an equal right of the final say. It doesn't work anywhere. So in everywhere else, they understand that only one president in the country, one general in the army who is in charge of that whole army. So everywhere this is the same principle. But the western mindset is that this institution of the home, this must run where everybody is equal, In everybody has the final say. Everybody is a boss. Not that there should be any boss, but everybody is in charge 100%. So what is the end result? No need to go into details. Half the western society is a broken society. And to the extent we are also adopting the western way of thinking that mold we are falling in that same pit. So now one is the Islamic mold, that a woman, her mold that she will now put herself into, her heart and mind into, will be the mold of haya, complete covering. And as we keep repeatedly saying, that this western mold is you must cover in such a way also that this exposure, even that very cover must be exposure. In the Islamic mold, in the Shari'i mold, in the mold of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, there's haya, that a woman is emerging out of the house, out of necessity, there will be distraction. She will dress in a way that she will be distracting others. That if they, somebody looks, they look away. And in the western mold, it's attraction. So now even the Islamic garb, the clothing that is meant to be clothing of an Islamic nature, that too has been now put into the western mold. So that too is now a source of attraction outside the home rather than distraction. In the Islamic mold, in the Shari mold, in the mold that Nabi Islam presented, it is loose-footing garments. But in the western mold, it is as tighter as it can be. Now even that garments that are supposed to be Islamic garments are being brought through the western mold, being brought through the mold of New York and Paris and whatever else, not the mold of Medina Sharif. But now the mold, it's inside the heart, it's inside my heart and your heart. Whether we accept it or deny it, it's there. How we know it's there? Look at how we're doing things. How we think. What we prefer. So that's coming through a certain mold. That mold is inside our heart. Like that biscuit or that whatever. It comes out of that mold. So now it's not that uh, it just came out on that design and that shape on its own. It came out through that mold. So when it comes out through that mold, that's how it will come out what is in the mold. 
So we, inside our hearts, inside our mind, what mold is there? So now we are trying to push Islamic values through the mold of Westernism. We are trying to push Islamic values through the mold of the Western lifestyle. So that Islamic dressing also is going through the mold of the Western lifestyle is coming out something totally distorted. It's not Islamic anymore now. Name is only that. The Islamic wedding, nikah, we are pushing that through the Western mold. So it comes out something else. It comes out anything but a nikah that Nabi Islam taught. So nikah is an ibadat. We still say we are having a nikah. We invite people to a nikah. We invite people to a walima. A walima is sunnat. But it is being pushed through a western mold. So that biscuit is going to come out the shape and the size and the design that that mold is. So that ingredients are all pure. That ingredients is pure. But when it goes through the mold, it will come out. What is in the mold? So likewise, all our day-to-day actions and so on, if we look deeply within ourselves, what mold are we pushing it through? Do we have that mold of shariat and sunnat? Do we have that mold of haya? That mold of simplicity? That mold of wanting to be doing whatever will please Allah Ta'ala and stay away from that which will displease Him? that mold of haya which brings about that natural concern that I must adopt complete parda, complete parda, cousins by the dozens and whatever else. That is a mold now. Now if there is another mold, then accordingly there will be some justification and something or the other that, uh, well, we are in this kind of society and whatever else, so how can we now be expected to do this and that and the other? All those stories will come now because we created that mold now. We adopted that mold inside our hearts, which got a different design, it's got a different shape. So now even the Islamic values must now come out in that shape, that there is some chipping and chopping, there's some trimming, and there's all these kind of things, and it's going in a certain design and a certain pattern. So certain places will be adopted and certain places will be chipped and chopped because that's the design now so Ramadan actually was this taqwa was to create the right mold in our hearts and mind that mold which now every thought also passes through that mold and a person now thinks also he thinks in the way that deen has thought otherwise the person thinks only in the terms of dunya in the terms of material in the terms of money only, what is material value? Just to understand this, for example, yes, so many times this comes up, so many times these kind of incidents take place, where a person is discarding his own parents out of his home, and they got nowhere else to go to. Old parents, they must go and stay wherever they want, some old age home, something, whatever. And this is unfortunately becoming a thing which is gaining momentum. Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us. A person is discarding that father or that mother or both. Sometimes you all do what you want. Though it's not sometimes said so crudely, but that is the bottom line. Now why? Now there is a western mold. Western mold is that if somebody is not being productive in terms of giving us some worldly benefit... And on top of that, they're becoming an obstacle in our worldly enjoyment. 
Then what's the use having them? We're not getting any worldly benefit out of them. While they were parents taking care of our expenses, looking after our needs, then they were productive for us. Now they've grown old, they've grown weak, they've become weak, and they are sickly sometimes, and whatever else. So now they can't do anything for us because of their age, because of their health, and uh, maybe they're not even financially in that position sometimes. And on top of that now, to look after them and care for them becomes an obstacle in our fun and enjoyment. So why must we now we take this burden upon our head? Nauzubillah. So now this is a western concept and a western mindset. That now you must do your own thing, they must do their own thing. And those who can afford it, they'll say we'll pay anything. Put them in the home, we'll pay anything. But they don't need that. They need love. They need warmth. They need that care of somebody who has love and warmth in their hearts. Not commercial care. Not commercial care. Commercial care is a different thing. Somebody gets paid for it. It's a job. They want somebody who has some affection, some feeling, some love, some warmth. They need that more than anything else in the dunya. All the worldly things and material things. But now a person who's got this mold in his heart which is the western mold western lifestyle mold then his thought with regards to his parents comes out through that mold so he thinks in that line and a person who's got the mold that Nabi Islam has given now he also will think of his parents that parents that thought will come through this mold the mold that Nabi Islam presented when this thought goes through that mold he says I will give up any of my luxuries, comforts, enjoyment, fun, pleasure, whatever, but I will not neglect my parents at all. I will never ever neglect them. I can sacrifice my own needs, my own wants, my whatever else. Obviously, I won't trample on anybody else's rights in the process, but I will never neglect my parents because this is my jannat. So I will fulfill the rights of others around also. But together with fulfilling the rights of others, I will never neglect my parents for one moment. That I will see to whatever their needs are, that I can do, whatever is within my limits, I will not shirk in that in any way. So now what is the difference? Why is one person thinking in that way and one in this way? That person in his heart, outwardly sometimes a person might be looking as very, very upright, pious, person will be performing the salah, person will be fulfilling whatever the other obligations of deen are but inside the heart what is the mold when that mold is at western life then the thoughts that are going to pass through that mold will find its expression in the various actions and things that a person does in that western way inside the masjid there will be something outside the masjid will be something else in a deeni program will be something and outside in our own homes and elsewhere will be something else We'll dress in madrasa in one way and we'll dress outside in another way. In madrasa will be Rabia Basriya and outside madrasa will be something else. Why? Because the actual mold inside is something else. So now the whole challenge is to change the mold. This is what tarbiyat is all about. Tarbiyat is not that a person just starts performing the salah. That is an excellent thing. That is very good. That must happen. So if somebody, we encouraged and they started performing the salah, mashallah, very good. 
the person who encouraged also, they will get great reward also. And the person who started performing the salah, what can we say about it? Somebody we encourage them to start making tilawat of the Quran Sharif daily, very good, excellent. We'll get rewarded, rewarded for it also. And they'll get the rewards for the tilawat also. And we should keep doing this kind of encouragement. Likewise, all the other aspects of deen. But that itself is not tarbiyat. That is targheeb towards dini a'mal. Which is a very important thing. Targheeb, encouragement towards good deeds. That is targheeb. That targheeb is a part of tarbiyat. Tarbiyat is something else. Tarbiyat is to change this mold. Tarbiyat is to change this mold within ourselves, within others. That this western mold must come out. This western mold mustn't remain in our hearts. There must be that mold that Nabi Islam presented in our hearts. That shape, that design, the design of the sunnah, the design of the way of life of Rasulullah Now every thought that will pass through that mold will be different. Then sometimes you hear these kind of comments and not sometimes, very often unfortunately. That father is saying or the mother is saying or somebody, if my daughter doesn't do metric and then doesn't go post-graduate studies and so on and then someday she gets married and now she hasn't attained a degree and then what happens if she gets divorced, Allah Ta'ala forbid, if she gets divorced so she is not even yet marriageable age and they are already Allah Ta'ala save us and protect us planning for her divorce now what a negative thinking this is agreed that the society there are many problems and there's huge challenges out there but for that we are already thinking negatively and now because this negative thought came so now this is the whole western concept this whole western concept and a dini concept is something totally different we've discarded that that is why we sit with the problems so that's another subject altogether and a very detailed topic on its own but the point that we are making is that when there is a mold in the heart which is the mold of sunnah and sharia the mold of Nabi Salaam's lifestyle then the thought that goes through that mold will be very different it won't go down this route it will go on a very different route Allah Ta'ala is the provider and Allah Ta'ala will provide in a way that a person cannot even imagine when one adopts what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with it will come via means but Allah Ta'ala is the creator of the means Allah Ta'ala is the creator of the provision and Allah Ta'ala is the creator of the means also Allah Ta'ala will provide the means as well and Allah Ta'ala is providing the means also and is providing it with barakat and sukoon to those who are, who are in his obedience maybe they might not have that quantity sometimes but they have the purpose of it that contentment that tranquility that peace, that happiness otherwise in any other way a person will only imagine that I am getting that happiness one will be worse off like just, it's maybe a digressing from the topic in a point but uh, these things keep coming up so therefore this is coming to mind now that what this deception is that I'll get happiness somewhere else or in some other way this keeps coming up sometimes 
like for example now the occasions of Eid come the occasions of maybe sometimes some function in a family comes so this becomes a very big challenge sometimes for those who want to do the right thing for those who want to do the right thing this becomes a very big challenge for example in the case of Parda now somebody wants to do the right thing generally now they are conducting themselves with Parda they are being conscious they are avoiding talking to non-mahrams and staying away but now by and large they are in the house or they are in an environment which is conducive so it becomes very easy also and the challenge is minimal but now when these occasions come up and these functions come up and now there is this whole extended family together and now when this extended family is together now there are a lot of things happening now there are those people also in that whole gathering who are not concerned in any way about parda, about intermingling now suddenly one sees others of one's age group one is maybe 20 years old, 25 years old 15 years old, whatever and now one sees a whole lot of people of one's age group, all boys girls, all intermingling and they seem to be having a ball of a time, they are laughing and joking and now one is sitting alone aside and it seems like I am the only one left out it becomes like a challenge it becomes a test so it seems like if I also just fit in at the moment I am feeling down and if I fit in I will be very happy because everybody seems to be happy there everybody seems to be at the top of the world there they are laughing and joking and seeming to be very very happy with themselves I seem to be crying here man so rather I also join them I'll be happy because everybody wants to be happy who wants to be sad no matter who it is the poorest person or the wealthiest person also what do you want most see I want to be happy one person he looks like outwardly that there isn't anybody more better off than him in the lap of luxury and multi-millions multi-millions and everything that money can buy probably what he wanted he anything he needs he can just buy it on the turn he confided one day that if these particular whatever problems he spoke about outwardly nobody knows there is a problem with him or what the problems are with his children or whatever the case is he says if somebody can sort this for me all these millions I have I am ready to part with every cent I have if somebody can just guarantee me they will sort this out make this problem go away not getting into the details of things just for the lesson of it person is saying if this problem somebody can take this problem away regarding whatever his family children whatever all the wealth I own I am ready to part with everything because if this comes right I will be happy all this wealth is giving me no happiness with this problem in place now outwardly the person seems like you know everybody wants to envy him I wish I was in his place in his shoes but meaning if I was in his shoes then everything comes it's a package that whole parcel will come if we just keep wishing about being in this person's shoes and that person's shoes we must wish to be in the shoes of those who the rahmat of Allah Ta'ala is descending upon them not just see anybody out there and decide that I want to be in that person's shoes we 
want to be in the shoes of those who Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. So now this person is saying that if that problem, somebody can make it go away, and if I in place of that have to give this person every cent I own, in other words, I'll live a very poor life then, but I'll be happy. I'm, I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that, that I don't have this wealth, but I have this happiness. That doesn't mean that wealth and happiness will always be far apart. If that wealth has come in the correct way, it has come fulfilling the rights of people, it has come without breaking the laws of Allah Ta'ala, it has come without breaking any of the laws of Allah Ta'ala, then it will come with barakat, and then it will become a means of a person, person's happiness in dunya also, and earning the akhirat as well. Otherwise, that same wealth will become a greater musibat. Now this person is saying, that how I wish this could change. This wealth goes away, but this comes right. So likewise, sometimes it appears that all those old people, hey, laughing and joking, and they seem to be on top of the world. I wish I was in their shoes. Now we are wishing to be in their shoes, also doing what they are doing. Why? So that we could be happy. But little do we know. Little do we know what is the real issue. And what we deal with, what I deal with is a very, very small fraction. Very, very, very small fraction. But that very, very small fraction also is a very frightening situation. What others are dealing with, Allah knows. That young people who seem to be really enjoying their lives, but when they confide... Boys, some many come and they would discuss firsthand, and many emails are received from females. Most of it is anonymous. Sometimes some might even write their names, few might write their names, but most of it is anonymous. And this is on a very regular basis. And many are outwardly really happy, but inside they are in a total turmoil. That I'm chatting with this person too, and I'm chatting with that person too, and I'm associating with this person also. But now my mind and heart is in such a turmoil that I feel sometimes like these are things that people say. I feel like committing suicide. Now, Allah forbid, Allah forbid. This is unfortunately the way society has gone. In one place, in one place in that class, there were all kinds of well, people there in the class, in some high school somewhere, boys and girls and whatever, it might sound like a joke, but it's a tragedy. Uh, the bulk of it are all Muslims, all Muslims you're talking about, and the remark that a person made about a particular girl in that class, or more than what class, whatever the case is, that she's a very good girl. She is a very good girl. Why? She is very good because she is only in contact with one boy only. She is only in contact with one boy. The rest are Allah Alam was going on. She is very good. Nauzubillah, she is committing haram. But she has become the title, she got the title of being very good. Why? Because she is committing haram by chatting with only one person and keeping in touch with one person only. So the others might apparently, now, now on the other side of it, how they think, that that person is chatting with half a dozen, she must be happier. Half a dozen people. But she is the one that is writing that I want to sometimes commit suicide, Nauzubillah. 
Why? Because in the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, there is the fire of Jahannam already included in that. The effects of it. Because a person who is now committing the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, he's turned himself in the direction of the fire of Jahannam, so to say. His heart has turned in that direction. So now a person is facing the direction of the fire, the effects of the fire start coming. When the person has turned in the direction of Jannat, the effects of Jannat comes. That heart starts getting the tranquility. Dunya is a challenge. Initially the challenge is there, this is the test. But a person perseveres for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, my heart might be paining now, but I am doing this for your pleasure. You bless me with your muhabbat and love. Now this is a challenge. Hazrat Bilal radiallahu was dragged on the sands of Makkah also. Hazrat Khubayb radiallahu was dragged over the hot coal, burning coal. And how many sahabiyat were put through untold difficulties. So there's a challenge. But when they persevered, Allah Ta'ala opened out the doors for them. And the doors of dunya, doors of dunya, the akhirat, what can be imagined? But where did this come? Where did this perseverance come from? That now I'm seeing everybody else having a merry time, but the right thought goes through the mind and it comes out in the correct way if there's a right mold in the heart. Then now when seeing others apparently enjoying themselves, but in a way that is displeasing Allah Ta'ala, by breaking the commands of Allah Ta'ala, the thought that will go through the mind and come out of this mold won't be that I should also join them. The temptation shaitan will put. But when that temptation comes through this mold that is in the heart, immediately that heart will get a jolt. Astaghfirullah. How can I even think about that? Now shaitan whispered something. But when it hit this mold, the whole thing changed. It became istighfar. It became dua. Asking Allah Ta'ala's help. A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem. Seeking Allah Ta'ala's protection from shaitan. Because the mold in the heart is the right mold. Otherwise the person says, everybody is on these chat lines, I should be part of it also. And a person starts flowing in that direction. Everybody is doing something. So that mold is in my heart also. I also must do the same thing. So tarbiyati is changing this mold. To think in the light of sunnah. To think in a manner of haya. What will enhance haya? And what is getting further away from haya? One one garment will pick it up and look at it. With the eye of haya. This doesn't conform to this dictates of Haya, throw it away. Throw it away. As Aisha radiallahu one girl came, she was wearing one scarf which was slightly transparent. As Aisha tore it up. So, one one thing will be now looked at in a different light because the mold is different. So the thought will come through the mind, I must wear this. But when it passes through this mold of the heart, say, no, inna lillah, I can never even touch this. This is far away from the dictates of haya. Or it's going away from the dictates of haya. I cannot do that. I cannot go to this place. This place is not correct. It doesn't serve anything to enhance haya. It erodes the haya. So I will not go to this kind of gathering, to these kind of places, to these kind of fairs and whatever else all goes, goes on. So the bottom line is the creating of the right mold in the heart. And this is what the month of Ramadan came to teach us. That the mold of taqwa, the mold of the love of Allah Ta'ala, and the mold of the following of the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When this will be 
put into our hearts, created in our hearts, then inshallah we'll find everything going very positively forward. And even the challenges that we experience out there in the dunya, all that will become very easy as well. So, where does this mold come from? For that we have to be, number one, reading about the lives of the Sahaba Ikram and the lives of our pious predecessors. How they conducted themselves, what kind of haya they had, what kind of taqwa they had, how did they deal with day-to-day issues, what was their mindset, what was their mold. So when we will read about that, the Abbiti of Sheikh al-Hadith, there's many other ones have come out in English biographies of our Kabir, and the lives of the Sahaba is obviously the starting point. So, by reading about this, we'll create that. By being in the company of those who have the right mold, by associating with them, this will create the mold. And otherwise, when we will keep sitting with people who have that western mold, then that is the mold that will come in our hearts as well. Then our thoughts and everything will also go through the same mold. And we'll start doing the same kind of things because that is the mold in the heart. So now, person, whether he wants it or not, that's how it's happening. Just flowing with the tide, just getting swept away by the floodwaters. So this is the thing of tarbiyat, that we change the mold of our hearts and those who are making tarbiyat off, we make an effort to change the mold of their hearts, to bring the mold of the life of Rasulullah wasallam, the life of shariat and sunnat. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me also the tawfiq and all of us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا غلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت الأعز الأكرم ربنا توفنا مسلمين وألحقنا بالشهداء والصالحين غير خزايا ولا نداما ولا مفتونين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله رب العالمين